and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. We're going to be talking about winter workshops and what's coming up. We've had so many questions coming in about when are your workshops going to be? What are you talking about this year? Uh, that'll be our discussion for today of what are some of the things that are going to be at the workshops and, and how you can take part in those, either in person or or virtually. I'll also be taking your calls and agronomic questions throughout the show at 844-44-AG-PHD. And you can always email us, radio at agphd.com. And uh, Brandon, I've been traveling around the region up here doing some smaller meetings and talking with a lot of farmers. And that's one of the things that we say, too. We, hey, if you got questions and, you know, so often people say, oh, man, I had something I was going to ask you. I don't remember what it was now. No problem. Just anytime. Just send us an email, radio at agphd.com. And, and I get questions all the time like, well, who's going to get the email? Like Brian and me. Well, really? And you'll look at them? Yeah, we will. We do all the time. I, I just had somebody uh, today send me in uh, some soil tests and some field maps and, and whatnot. Hey, I've got a challenge out here. Can can you help us try and figure that out? Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're super pumped to do that. If if we can help you raise better crops, that's awesome. That's kind of what it's all about. So uh, that's what our winter workshops, our topic today, are about as well. If you haven't been to one of our meetings before, you probably think, oh, my goodness, I don't like going to winter meetings because it's always a big sales pitch. No, it's not a sales pitch for us. That, that's the last thing that we want to have happen. So it's Brian and me talking. It's not a whole bunch of salespeople trying to push products down your throat. It's just, hey, let's talk about, uh, here's our topics. We're going to do a soils clinic. It's coming up Tuesday, January 16th. The following day, we're doing a corn workshop uh, on January 17th. And we do that on purpose because we have a lot of folks that fly in for our meetings or that drive across the country and we want to make it worth your while. So drive in. We start at 10 in the morning, so we give plenty of drive time. If you've got a three- or four-hour drive, you legitimately could make it that day, uh, not miss a thing, catch our workshop. And then we're just 10 miles outside of Sioux Falls, which has tons of hotels, tons of great restaurants, uh, plenty of things to do. You can just plan out, okay, I'll, I'll just catch a hotel in Sioux Falls. I'll maybe go out and get a nice meal and then come back the next day, hit another workshop and drive home and be back for supper. I mean, it's it's that slick. We're doing the same thing in February. We're, we're doing a workshop about naturals. And this is something that literally the big companies are pumping in billions of dollars to do research on this. And we're going to talk about what what's going on with plant growth regulators and uh, natural microbes and organic acids and these kinds of things and what kind of difference they're making in crop production. That's Wednesday, February 7th. The following day, it's a soybean workshop. So again, you've got that same thing. You could come in one day, stay overnight, catch a workshop the next day and head home. Or if you just want to hit one of those, if you say, well, I'm interested in the naturals, but not so much in the soybeans, no problem. You can come and hit one of them and not the other. No Happens all the time. We get uh, different crews that, that come through to different meetings, but there's a lot of people that will come to uh, the two meeting sets like that. So kind of a nice way to do it, and that's what we've got going on. You can check it all out at agphd.com. Just click on the events tab, and then there'll be a tab that pops up, and it says register now. And you can just click on there. It doesn't cost anything. The workshops are free. That way we have a pretty good idea of who's going to be there, how much food we need to have, how many books we need to have, how many 
tables and chairs we need to have set up, that kind of thing, because all these workshops are in person at the Morton Center, which is right at the Ag PhD Field Day site. So if you've been to our field day before in the summer, uh, we've got that great big building. Um, we can can hold hundreds of people in there easy. So we'll uh, we'll have our meetings right there. And then we're going to live stream a lot of these meetings too. So if you're um, interested in, well, hey, I'm in um, France. I'm not going to be able to drive there to your meetings. Well, no problem. You can live stream it. But if you say, well, you know, I'm way over in southwest Minnesota. I don't think I can drive over there. Come on. You want to be here in person if you can. Because uh, not only will you get to talk to Brian and me and ask questions directly uh, and privately if you'd like, but we'll also have a bunch of agronomists there that, that we do training with and, and uh, experts in the industry that can also answer your questions. And, of course, you get lots of farmers around. So you can say, all right, these guys are talking about X, Y, and Z on their farm. Is it anybody here actually trying it? And you'll just notice a whole bunch of small groups will break out every time we take a break or have lunch or whatever. And people will just be talking amongst themselves about, yeah, I tried that, and here's what I saw. Or, hey, that worked great in my sandy soil, and, and here's what I saw, that kind of thing. So if you can come to those meetings in person, it's well worth the time. Um, so the soils clinic is the first one. And, and like I said, that's coming up Tuesday, January 16th. And I, I do get a lot of questions about that. Well, okay. I've been to a soils clinic before. Uh, what's different in this one versus one in the past? Or some people say, well, I don't know very much about soils. There's probably people that have been to a bunch of your soils clinic type things before. I'm going to be behind everybody else. Look, there, there are very few people in the world that really have a good grasp on all the intimate details of soil fertility and how you can tie those things together to make more yield on your farm. We all need a refresher. We Generally, farmers are pulling soil samples one time a year, looking at soil samples you know, for, for one time period each year, and then there's 51 weeks that go by, and you don't look at them again. And most people aren't talking soils like Brian and I are every single day of the year. So you kind of forget some of those details and how they all tie together. So we do go fairly slow, but we get through everything in one day. So by the end of the day, you're going to be able to look at your soil test, walk right through, know exactly what numbers you're shooting for, and be able to say, oh, okay, I've got four parts per million. I need to get to 40. Here's how I do it. Here's the different fertilizer options that are out there. Here's how much they cost, those kinds of things. We'll figure all that out on that day. So uh, it's really fun. You can bring your own soil test, talk to experts, say, okay, give me your opinion. What would you do here? That kind of thing. Or help me walk through so I can better manage this and, and step out. What do I address first? What do I address next? And so forth to make the most money on my farm. So we'll talk about these workshops. That's just a little bit about the Soils Clinic. We've got three others as well. So you can check that out at agphd.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at soilwarrior.com. Improve germination in your fields with the Germinator Closing Wheel from Farm Shop MFG. Our unique spike design seals your seed within a firm vein of soil, providing maximum seed-to-soil contact and maximum germination. Order a set for your planter at farmshopmfg.com. 
It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Get the most from every acre on your farm by attending Ag PhD's workshops and clinics this winter. I'm Darren Hefty. My brother Brian and I are hosting several free workshops throughout January and February, including agronomy workshops in corn and soybeans, a soils clinic, and a whole day devoted to natural and biological products. We have a lot of great information and we can't wait to share it with you. Best of all, these events are free, so be sure to check them out. Register today at agphd.com. Are you ready? We got the need, the need for seed treatment. Start your engines. Ready, set, Intego. Start your season strong with Intego Sweet Soybeans, Intego Fungicide Soybeans, and Intego Sweet Cereals OF from Valent USA. Ask your Valent rep about seed treatment solutions or visit valent.com slash Intego. Always read and follow label instructions. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, talking a little about our winter workshops that we're going to have coming up in January and February. Would love to see you there. Uh, you can find all the details at agphd.com. Uh, we've got Gabe on with us right now down in Missouri. How are you doing, Gabe? Doing great. How are you doing? Pretty good. I, I was just talking about it earlier that, man, so many things in farming, you do it for a week or two, you execute, and then you got 51 weeks before you do it again and kind of need a little refresher about different things going on on the farm when you aren't talking about it or doing it every day. Yep, right, right. Yeah, we, uh, and, and you say that, this time of the year we're normally in uh, old off-season mode and thinking about what we did right or wrong throughout the year. But here in Southeast Missouri, we've actually, we're, we've been warm. We've been dry for the all fall, well, all year, really. And um, so, I mean, <laughs> believe it or not, I'm still in the farming mode. It, normally, it's it's take it easy and not do much. But uh, we're this, you know, since it's been halfway dry, we're still kind of doing a few things. Well, normally this time of year, there's at least a foot of snow on the ground, and we're in uh, warm farm shop mode of, hey, let's bring some equipment in the warm <laughs> shop and, and do some maintenance on things. And the maintenance is getting deferred right now because, yeah, everybody still wants to be outside. It's It's been really a wonderful fall and early part of the winter here. So I, I agree with you. We're kind of still in the, in the mode to get things done. And honestly, it looks like, you know, from a lot of the forecasts that – this winter is supposed to be less snow in, in the north here and uh, maybe a, an early spring, too, which I, I'm not going to turn that down. No, no. That's, uh, we've got some heavier some heavier dirt. We grow, you know, some rice and that. And so, anyway, I mean, it's not dry enough to work. Not there. But there's other ground that uh, it's, I mean, it's it's none too wet. I'm just not, not just dry enough where you could go out there and not have any trouble, but... For this time of the year, it's normally a lot wetter. So, I mean, it, 
that that doesn't hurt my feelings. No, no. You know, when you look at at the season, you said you were kind of analyzing decisions that you made this season, thinking back to okay, what are what are some of the things that happened? What how did we respond, and how would we do it a little differently? What are some of the things you think about this year? I mean, was it weed control? Was it the timing of of applications you made, or or maybe some equipment upgrades you need? What what are you thinking back on in twenty twenty three? Oh, I mean, there's always things we could do better i tell you what we had the main mainest trouble with and it's not really our fault or nobody's fault but we were just so dry and we had trouble getting our nitrogen which we spread urea so, i mean we can use liquid and we do some but we had trouble getting our urea to, to soak into our corn we never got over three or four tenths probably three tenths of an inch of rain from may 3rd till probably then we got 14 inches august 4th or 5th whatever it was but we had and we flood irrigate and we pivot but where we pivoted that was fine you know you put a half inch or an inch out there but we had quite a bit of corn that was in flood and we just we just had trouble you know getting the urea soaked into the plant to take it in so i mean looking back i guess i should say that we should have used nitrogen, liquid nitrogen, instead of urea. But you know, I, we thought we would eventually get a rain, but we didn't. You know, we had the same issue uh, with a lot of farms up in our region where guys said, you know, it's so dry we couldn't get the nitrogen into the crop. And I had one guy uh, just yesterday tell me, "Hey, we put on 30 gallons of liquid, and I only saw seven bushel response in corn. It just we never got a big enough rain. I mean, we get the tenth or two tenths of an inch, that kind of thing, but it never really soaked things down in there and, and pushed them down into that root zone. And our response up here is." man, I guess we need to put it on a few weeks sooner so we have more time to catch a rain. I guess that's on dry land farms. That's about our only shot. And flood irrigated, uh, if you put on liquid, do you feel pretty good that if you got a little bit of rain, it's it's attached well enough, you can go ahead and flood irrigate without moving things around too much? Yeah, I mean, yeah, as dry as it was this year, you know, liquid would have worked better. And when, when you flood irrigate, you just really saturate the, the ground. Um, and, you know, our CECs are high enough that it usually attaches to the soil sure. without just running out, you know, at the end of the field. But, you know, it, it was just it was just tough this year. On uh, And we normally catch 40, 40 to 50 inches of rain a year. I, I, we're probably at 30 inches of rain this year. And we probably got half of that in the first week of, or two of August. <laughs> yeah, you had, you had the one big it, one that took, took most of it. Yeah, yeah, we had we had 14 inches of rain, I don't know, in a week week of period. And now that was too far past for the corn, but it hurt our beans, you know. it. Uh, like I said, we're in gumbo, and I mean, that was just too much. It was, they were, the pods were starting to fill, and it was just too much, it it, it was it was beneficial on on some you know some things, but it was too much on the beans. What's happening in the rice? And I, I get a lot of questions from guys that I mean, obviously rice isn't on uh, as many acres as corn or soybeans or wheat or something like that. So uh, a lot of farmers that aren't in the rice growing areas are kind of curious about that. I've heard a lot of trouble with. 
um, resistant Palmer and that type of thing on the levees, uh, just other, any other challenges you're having in rice or anything, uh, that you, you would talk about there if guys say, Hey, I don't know anything about rice. What, what are the challenges to growing that crop? Well, there are a lot of challenges, <clears throat> but no, let me say this. Uh, we have levy rice and there's people around us that have row rice, but a pigweed will not make it in two, three, four inch standing water. If they ever, if they ever adapt to where they will survive in that, we're in trouble. But um, you know, the levees we spray, we try to spray um, pre-emerge chemical at a heavy, heavy, really heavy rate, and you know, because it's going to stay there, or that levee will be there two and a half, three months. You know, exposed, getting all kinds of water and sunlight. So we put you know a big rate of pre-emerge down, but. Um, yeah, rice is a, it cash flows really well. Um, it's a big pain in the rear. It's, you're playing in the mud when you when you harvest it 70% of the time. However, I say that the last two bulbs have been dry and we hadn't made a rut. But like I said, seven out of 10 times, you, you're it's in the mud. But, you know, rice, it's a pain, but it's a necessary pain because, like I said, it, it cash flows well. Sure, sure, and yeah, if it pays you to pays you to do it, then what the heck? We'll we'll do a lot of jobs that aren't as much fun. Well, I, I just it's an interesting crop, and a lot of folks think, well, uh, you've got to have uh, a flood to raise rice, but really, you get the rice started. The flood is is for weed control as much as anything, right? Yes, it is. That's right. And and rice is like corn. It it takes quite a bit of water. There's actually some people over in. Oh, east of here, 30, 40 miles that I don't know if they still do it, but at one time they grew it under a pivot, which kind of on lighter dirt, I believe, because it's in lighter, it's a lighter dirt county. But, um, I mean, the pivot would have to run every, every two days, you know, to keep up with that. But like I said, the water and levee rice is, you know, for the weed control. Like I said, the rice takes some too. But it's mainly for for weed control. Yeah, interesting crop, no doubt about it. I, I've gotten a chance to be around it a little bit. We obviously don't have any rice that we're raising anywhere close to where our farm is, but uh, it's been kind of fun to to learn a little bit about that crop over the years too. Uh, Gabe, thank you so much. We really appreciate having you on. I know you're still in uh, farming mode. Hopefully, you get to off season mode here pretty soon, so you can enjoy uh, Christmas and the holidays with your family. Hey, thank you. You all have a merry Christmas. Okay? You bet. Merry Christmas to you as well. We're talking about our winter workshops a little bit today and what's going on on your farm. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. And you can always email us, radio at agphd.com. I get some emails here I'm going to try and get to a little bit later in the show during our Ag PhD mailbag time. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. Morton Buildings has served the American farmer for more than 120 years. From manufacturing our own building components to constructing your building, Morton takes pride in being the industry leader in post-frame construction by providing a quality building and exceptional customer service. A Morton is built to last for generations. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. 
you can count on AgroLiquid for precision crop nutrition. When you don't get all your potash down in the fall, when weather or market prices change your management strategy, or when you want to balance your fertilizer program with micronutrients, AgroLiquid is ready with the products and application flexibility you want for in-season crop nutrition and the research-proven results you need. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Insects have reigned since the dawn of time. Adapted to their surroundings. Experience the harshest climates and toughest challenges until now. With two modes of action, Ridgeback Insecticide delivers one devastating outcome for soybean aphids. Extinction from your fields. They may have lived through it all, but they won't survive this. End soybean aphids reign at ridgeback.corteva.us. Effortlessly manage your farm fertility with Verify. Verify takes yield data directly from your combine and instantly generates variable rate fertility maps based on your nutritional goals. Whether it's building soil, balancing nutrition, or maintaining fertility. And with full integration with John Deere Operations Center, Verify can send recommendations directly to application equipment, no matter the color. Join Verify today at Verify.com and keep your farm moving. My mom's got a new case IH tractor and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. The greatest herbicide of all time earned its title by defending your soybean fields. Authority Supreme Herbicide's low-use rate formula delivers longer-lasting control of broadleaf weeds and grasses, providing you with the best-in-class combination of Group 14 PPO herbicide sulfentrazone and Class 15 molecule pyroxysulfone that outlasts the competition. We're Authority Supreme Herbicide from FMC, and we play to win. Learn more at authoritysupreme.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. One of the things we're talking about on today's program is just our upcoming winter workshops. We've got uh, workshops coming up in January and February right here at the Ag PhD Field Day site. We're, we're having a soils clinic, a corn workshop, a naturals workshop, a soybean workshop. And we're really excited. Neil Kinsey's coming back again this year. Uh, if you haven't read any of Neil's work or heard Neil before he's on our show from time to time, he's got a great book called Hands-On Agronomy that if you're looking at understanding your soils better than ever, uh, that would be the number one book I'd recommend you get and, and read through that this winter because, man, it's been really helpful for us. A lot of the things that we found out over the years uh, – we we agree with what Neil's got in his book. It's it's really played out that way in our fields too. So anyway, uh, just a few of the things going on. You can check all the details out at agphd.com. Uh, I got Jeff in Indiana. Now I know Jeff's been to some of those events in the past. How you doing, Jeff? I'm really good today. How are you guys? Good. Are you okay? So we were just talking to Gabe down in Missouri. He said I'm not in off season mode yet because the weather's too nice. We're still in farming mode. Are you in off season mode? Or are you still in farming mode? 
we have livestock, so we have hogs. So we're there's not an off season much, but oh. uh, we've we've changed our direction here for just a little bit. How's that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I know what you mean with livestock. You're you're always in the game, and and that was something uh, growing up. We we always had hogs and cattle around too, so we were never never had a day off really, um, other than uh, trying to swap some jobs out with somebody else on the farm to hey, can you cover so I can get away for the weekend or something like that. Uh, so you know, talk about uh, the farm this year. How things turn out for you? Um, really well. Probably had a record on corn. Um, beans were about average um small grains in this community wheat barley were probably near records or if not records for most people for whatever reason nobody really knows but uh it's been a very successful year we've got dry late i think that cost us some bushels in the beans but uh otherwise things went it was a nice year we had some tar spot move in but other than that pretty clean year yeah Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's fun when you have one of those cause they don't come every year. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta no. be happy when they do. Yeah. Yeah. We're very thankful. Yeah. You know, with the, uh, with the workshops we've got coming up, one of the things we talk about a lot is you raise a record crop. Uh, that means unfortunately you probably have a pretty high fertilizer bill the next year to put back all that you just took <laughs> out, which kind of comes with the, with the deal. But, uh, how do you go about dealing with that? I, I guess I know you've been to some of these workshops before, Neil Kinsey and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, what do you look at first on, on your tests? You know, how often are you testing? What, how do you guys manage it? Yeah, so soil tests we're doing every three to four years, depending on, and we're using manure, so we're kind of moving around uh, with that, trying to trying to locate those areas that might be more deficit um, for the for the manure issues, and then um, <clears throat> excuse me, we're generally pulling on like on the corn uh, three, maybe four tissue samples throughout the season, uh, starting at about a V three, V seven, maybe a VT type uh, pull there. And trying to gauge, we use a strip tail machine somewhat like you all do. Uh, for next year, try to figure out what's short. And if, if we can put it through the strip tail machine, we will. Um, manganese seems to be a problem for us. We can't get it through the strip tail machine and be efficient or be effective with it. And uh, it doesn't like 28 in the sprayer. So we're, we're a little bit in a quandary about how to get that on. I don't know what you guys are doing there, but, uh, yeah, like the Neil Kinsey book and that you spoke about. And, uh, that's really enjoyable. I think one of the nice things that you guys have is the booklets. Uh, you can just take those home with you and you can write in them and you can keep working through them and go back. Um, and I, I really appreciate that. And I appreciate really how well, the audio and video portions of your show are done for us. If we didn't, for instance, if we didn't travel all the way there, sometimes um, you have an excellent staff that's doing a good job, I believe with, uh, with all the audio video, it doesn't do any good if I can't hear and understand some stuff. And uh, I really appreciate and thank you guys for, for what you do there. Oh, thanks Jeff. We really appreciate that. Yeah. I, w I was actually just talking with, uh, with our team that does that today about, okay, who's covering the meetings this winter or what do we need? That kind of thing. So yeah, those guys take a lot of pride in their, their job to, to, to help show things. I know it's really helped us too with our, our TV program, 
uh, just the the upgrade in in equipment now with uh, HD and you can you can just see in high definition all the things going on in the weeds and the soils and the crops and that kind of thing. So that's been fun. And and you mentioned the handouts that we do. That's always been a big thing at our workshops. Is and I always say, hey, I encourage everyone pre-register so we have enough handouts. And they think, oh, that's not a big deal. It is. It's it's a stinking book, Jeff. Yeah. It's it's a big book. It is. It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's got so much good information in it, just pieces and parts. That, and some some things don't fit us, maybe necessarily, but others others may hit us just where we need to be. And so, uh, yeah, I, I always appreciate those. And, and writing in, I'm taking notes because I can't hardly keep up. doesn't seem like there's so much stuff coming. But uh, the the audio and the video that you can go back and watch sometimes is is helpful yeah. for, for us. Um, but we've been, yeah, we're, we enjoy... Uh, Dr. Kinsey very much and uh how he presents he's he's uh he's got some stamina that's for sure oh my goodness yeah he's he's really impressive and I mean not to not to pick on him for being older than the rest of us here but I mean he's 80 <laughs> years old and he's he'll stand up all day he's so passionate about what's happening in the different crops and and just loves relaying stories over the years that hey here's what we did when we had this problem like you brought up the manganese and that's been a challenge on your farm oh man if you ask yeah. Neil that he's he's got 10 examples that he's going to go to and say well here's here's a guy farming similar to you or here's a guy just the next state over and here's how he's doing it and uh, so that's that's really valuable oh it, it's yeah the the way we can get linked together anymore is is so impressive i mean our our par <clears throat> parents and grandparents it would have been the extensions that would have done it back in the day but today we do it just like what you're what you guys are doing and leading the way on as far as these these group meetings big group meetings in good facilities and then also being able to tape and record and and send out stuff it's uh it's changing it's making it more enjoyable i think for me and i don't know I'm 58, so I don't know what a 28-year-old necessarily wants to know or how he wants to learn necessarily or she. Um, but, of course, in your apps that go along with this stuff is, is very helpful. Um, you talk about how much we removed. Well, yeah, we did, but now we can, for instance, just go look at your app and we can have a pretty close idea of what we removed and where we need to be for next year. Yeah, yeah, um, that's for sure. Yeah, it's it it really does help, and and just variable rate technology that we've got today. That a generation ago, they variable rate was well. I'm a, I'm on the hilltop. I'm going to spread a different rate than the valley, and that's about it. And it was never the same from one year to the next. And I, now now we're using a different program uh, called Verify that runs through John Deere Ops Center, and. Uh, it it creates a variable rate spread map to put back what you remove just off your yield monitor, so you don't even have to do anything more than that, and you've got your variable rate map made just instantly, and it sends it right to your equipment. That's where technology's at today. It's just crazy. It's it's just gotten so so good, and so and then of course you go back and and, and double check. I'm sure yourself will you verify that hey that was what I needed. Yes, and uh, that. It continue. We don't we certainly don't want to lose, but uh, I think you're talking about some really good stuff there with with the uh, the additions of uh, all that. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's it's really fun, and and I mean, like your operation where you get hog manure, and it's using it wisely, using it in the right spots, and you know that's something that that is really important to manage as well because it is a great asset as long as it's used right. Oh yeah, we've we're, we've. Uh, over the years, we it, it probably started out when you and I were younger. It was a it was a waste product, and now today it's a resource. And so, 
um, we just got to figure out how to do it correctly. And uh, I think I think sometimes uh, some agencies may may not necessarily understand all of that, and so we have to work with them as well. But uh, we, yeah, and, we try and even, to make even some neighbors, Jeff. They might not be as big a fan of your your hogs, <laughs> but they sure are they a fan if they get to use some of that manure too. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it's it's all the trade offs that go into ag and. We're talking yeah. about just how to manage some of those at our winter workshops. We've been talking with Jeff here out in Indiana, who's who's been to some of those events, too. Hey, Jeff, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Hope to see you again down the road. Yeah, appreciate it. You guys have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you as well. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Because the challenges you face are getting bigger every year, BASF is committed to helping with more than boots on the ground. We're committed to boots in the mud, boots on the steps of your truck, your tractor, your combine, the linoleum tiles of your coffee shop, the concrete of your co-op, the gravel in your shed. So we can listen, learn firsthand, help right now to ensure success. BASF, helping you do the biggest job on earth. Win the war against weeds in your soybean fields with fierce herbicides from Valent USA. With three different formulations and multiple modes of action, you're sure to find the right fierce product to protect your operation from tough weeds like Palmer Amaranth and Waterhemp. Give your soybeans a strong, clean start with up to eight weeks of residual control with the powerful pre-emergence protection of fierce herbicide. Ask your local retailer or visit valent.com fierce to find the right fierce formulation for you. Always read and follow label instructions. If you understood everything on a soil test and could make your own fertility plans, do you think you could cut your farm's fertility expenses, maybe even increase your yields? Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. We want to empower you to make your own fertility decisions. That's why we're holding our Ag PhD Soils Clinic on Tuesday, January 16th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. This could be the single most important day you spend in your farming career, and it's free. So register now at agphd.com. The hard-working, independent spirit of rural America can often be isolating. It's not often discussed, but mental health issues are real. Now's the time to lead by example, talk openly, and show that a strong mind is just as important as a strong body. FMC is proud to be working toward ending the misconceptions around mental health. Through awareness, guidance, and action, together we can uproot the stigma. Take your tillage to the next level with the Insight Universal Tillage Tool from McFarland Ag. With more adjustability and flexibility, the Insight is the ultimate one-pass tillage tool. Visit McFarlandAg.com to find your closest dealer. Join us in Houston for Commodity Classic, America's largest farmer-led, farmer-focused agricultural and educational event, New Frontiers in Agriculture, February 28th through March 2nd, 2024. Houston, we have no problem. The 
You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD if you have an agronomic question or if you want to talk about our upcoming winter workshops uh, that we'll be having in January and February. You can find the details of those at agphd.com. And, of course, if you have questions, you can email us as well. If you're more into the online thing than than talking to us on the phone, that's fine. It's radio at agphd.com. Got Jim on with us right now. He's in South Dakota, right in our backyard. So, uh, of course, we, we've seen Jim at a number of our workshops over the years. Jim, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're just talking about the upcoming corn, soybean, naturals, and soils workshops that we got going on. But uh, things aren't so simple on your farm. I, I know just from talking to you in the past, you got some different soil types, you farm in some different uh, geographies, and you have challenges every year with just weather and nutrient availability and different things. So, uh, you know, when you think about some of the workshops that we've got, what, what are a few of the uh, highlights that you'd say that for guys who have never been to one before? It's a probably the corn and the bean ones. It's it's and and you kind of highlight this all the way through that. Don't waste your fertilizer, especially a couple of years ago when I started going. I think fertilizer was a thousand a ton or eleven hundred bucks. I got to and really put on what you need. Don't skimp. But so I've got some irrigated, and then I've got dry land out by Oneida, South Dakota. I farm also, and I've got irrigated in the eastern part. But it's light soil and. I've really learned a lot from you guys. I was going to ask you the other day if I can go, you know, I went to most of them two years ago, like every class I made, and I was going to take a neighbor with me this year wondering if I can go a second time or Absolutely. That, Absolutely. Yeah, that's okay. that's a great way to, and you know, we do see that a lot where uh, people say, okay, I'm going to bring my neighbor or my friend because then we can kind of compare notes afterwards and say, all right, what do you think about mm-hmm. in our geography? Uh, it, do I go with what these guys say or do is something better going to work for us? And um, I, I mean, you talk about dry land farming. There's a lot of challenges that come with that where you've got irrigation, you got some other opportunities there of at least water isn't going to be the limiting factor. So now now we have to get real about what is the yield limiting factor, and, and oftentimes it does come down to fertility. And I guess, Darren, the one thing I've had, one problem with it, every time I go, it it's kind of humbling because there's so much that you learn that you don't know. And you feel kind of dumb when you're there and you learn a lot and you take a lot away. But yet, and then I, I end up going back and looking at, they give the great handouts at these and they're saved in like a term paper saver, you know, I don't know, I guess page saver. And I go back in those handouts, I catch myself throughout the year looking them up and I file them away and I, I go back and, and uh, look at those and, and answer questions. And I've helped even a neighbor on the alfalfa one. Yes, he had the he planted new alfalfa a year and a half, two years ago, and the one part of the field was doing terribly. I said, "Check your pH." Yep, I'd learned, yep. you know, the pH is like six, 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 eight. You need to have an alfalfa. It can, I think, about half the crop it can drop just with the pH or more. It was yeah. incredible. Yeah, it's a and big sure deal. Enough, he checked it, and he he didn't lime before he, you know, before he planted this because he had had an operation at the end of time, and the neighbor actually came and planted his alfalfa, so it was nice, and uh, he went and took care of it, and it's doing a lot better now, and yeah. uh, I felt good that I could help him. That's a, Well, you're right. There are a lot of details that sometimes it's hard to remember, cause, or, and sometimes it's, well, I don't need to know that right now, 
but then a year or two later you do. I've got the same thing. I've got every workshop book that we had from last year just sitting on the desk right next to me as as I'm talking here on the radio. And I look back at those. Somebody will ask me about, uh, well, hey, what about this or what about that? And I'll look it back up too because, I mean, some of those topics we aren't discussing just every single day. And I, I want to look back and see, okay, what, yeah, what rate was that product or, or what exact pH do we want to try to get to or something like that. So I, I find those handouts really useful too. And I know Brian does as well. We, we spend a lot of time putting them together and uh, yeah, they're nice resources to have, whether it's in the spray cab when you're wondering what the rain fast time is on spraying some herbicide or, or oh. what's in a combination product, those kinds of things. And I guess there, and I didn't, I, I forgot to say that in the back of most of your handouts on the corn or beans or whatever, you list so many different chemicals and you've got all the different information about them. And I don't know where else I've, I've never seen that before. Well, you know, you know and that's a great, that's a great point. So we, we do have uh, like rotational restrictions on all the pesticides mm -hmm. and rain fast times and storage temperatures. They need to be at those kinds of things because here's how that came about. Brian and I were, were, you know, young agronomists and trying to learn all these products and that, this kind of thing. And we're like, man, there, there isn't a resource that exists. And so we just started putting one together and have just continued adding to that and, and editing it uh, as the years have gone on. So now it's gotten quite large and uh, it got big enough with a lot of this reference material that, that Jim's talking about here for any of you that haven't been to our workshops before. It got big enough that one year I said to Brian, man, these handouts, these books that we're printing are a hundred pages or more. Maybe we need to take some of those things out and just have them available online, which I think a lot of those resources are available on our website, agphd.com. But uh, Brian's like, no, no, we just got to print them. Uh, I know it costs some money to do it, but it's just so helpful. And if we save one guy from having a big problem out there that costs him thousands, uh, it, it's well worth doing it. So we, we have been doing it. Oh, so yeah, yeah be, be prepared. You're going to have a lot of, a lot of handout type materials, yeah. well, uh, all, all in a binder. So you don't have to worry about them falling all over, but, uh, it, it'll be a good, a good amount of information you take home. Yes. Thank you very much. And, and the food, I, I guess I shouldn't talk just about food cause that's great too. And, uh, next, I think one of those days was at soils. We got two or three great meals. <laughs> One night they had some left, so it was my wife's birthday. I, uh, I uh, asked the Tony's guy, and he gave me a steak to bring home. So, <laughs> and so I, she wasn't so mad at me for being gone all day, and I didn't forget about her. So. <laughs> well, got me out of getting divorced. He saved me a lot of money. Thank you. <laughs> well, you're right. Uh, the food is, is always pretty good, and, and uh uh, yeah, our caterer is the same caterer that we use for Ag PhD Field Day. For anyone who's been to our field day before, you know Tony's catering just does a fantastic job for us. But yeah, it's it's fun when we've got uh, workshops here at home. We've got all our resources here. We've got, uh, I mean, a lot of times our, our guys that that um, execute our plans out on our farm are here. Our um, you know, agronomists that we work with and so forth are all here. So that's, that's pretty nice to get to visit with all those people. And then then you get to talk to folks like Jim that we're talking to here who farms in South Dakota has been to a couple workshops before and um, probably could get up and teach the class. I might have to use you instead of having Brian up there every time, Jim. No, I, I wouldn't get quite as, quite as emotional as him. But the, the other big thing, Darren, is all these tests that you've done, you guys spend thousands and probably hundreds of thousands a year on this stuff. And you save us, 
the money of making those mistakes. And I don't say that in a bad way, like, you know, like you're silly to do that. Just We can learn from what you guys have tried and what's worked and what hasn't. And it, this game we're in a farming is it's all thousands and thousands of dollars of mistakes that you can make. Yeah. And yeah. You, it's hard to get the money back. Well, you know, and, and I, I just look at our, our workshops too, of there's just so many farmers gathered there and, and just talking to other farmers. I always learn. I feel like I learn more than I could ever share, uh, at, at these meetings too, because I hear how, Hey, you did it this way. Oh, I've never thought about that. That that's an actual better way than what we're doing it now. I mean, we, we don't ever pretend that, Oh, we're the only people that come up with good ideas. We, we, we've just collected a lot of good ideas from a lot of folks and tried them out. And, and you're right. We do a lot of trial work. And, um, my dad always said, we, mm-hmm. we just, don't want to make big mistakes. So the difference between farmers who are successful and those who aren't is the size of their mistakes is what dad would teach us. And, uh, and he was right. So we do trials on a small scale. So hopefully we don't have any problems on a big one. And, and then we try and share those as much as we can. Well, Jim, you've been super kind. I really appreciate all the kind words today and, and, uh, well, glad, I, glad to see I you here last so week. From your seminars. Yeah. I'm sorry. I said, glad to see you last week and, and hope to see you again coming up in January, February. Oh, I, I try to get to all of your sessions and try to get tired of me asking dumb questions, but it's tough. <laughs> Every time I go, I learn stuff. Well, Merry, it, Merry it Christmas. Money, it, it makes me money. You bet. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Jim. Thank you, dear. Bye. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Control the toughest weeds with overlapping residuals. Lock in the longest lasting control for your soybean fields. A pre-emergence application of an authority brand herbicide plus a post-application of Anthem Max herbicide establishes the overlapping residual control key to safeguarding your soybean seasons. This pairing is a heavy-duty economical strategy against Palmer Amaranth, Waterhemp, Kosha, and more. Visit your FMC retailer or lockin.ag.fmc.com today. Always read and follow all label directions. You have a lot at stake when it comes to raising corn. I'm Darren Hefty. That's why on Wednesday, January 17th, we're holding a free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll help you navigate all the challenges of corn production, including how to manage exploding pest populations, resistant diseases, fertility challenges, and more. It's a day packed with information. So if you want to get the most out of your corn this season, don't miss the free Ag PhD corn agronomy workshop. Register now at agphd.com. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. Can you predict the future? I can't. That's why when I'm planting soybeans, I treat with Heads Up Seed Treatment. With more than 15 years of research, Heads Up offers proven protection against both white mold and sudden death syndrome. So no matter what the year throws at you, you've already taken that first step to be prepared. Don't let your beans suffer from disease when they're just starting to look their best. Tell your seed dealer you need Heads Up Seed Treatment. Learn more at headsupst.com. How can Naturals products help you raise bigger and better crops? Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. 
Biologicals, or naturals as we call them, are impacting every facet of agriculture today, and that will only grow in the future. That's why we're devoting a full day to our Ag PhD Naturals Workshop, Wednesday, February 7th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. Our research team has spent years testing hundreds of naturals products, and we want to share with you what we've learned. For more about this free event, go to agphd.com. There's an innovative new soybean herbicide on the market that's helping close the door on weed resistance and open new doors to productivity. Preview 2.1 SC Herbicide from UPL is a multi-mode of action pre-emergent that controls the most resistant broadleaf weeds at the beginning of the season and continues to control later weeds with strong residual activity. Ask your retailer about Preview 2.1 Herbicide from UPL and always read and follow label directions. Come on in. The Ag PhD mailbag is about to begin. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. The Ag PhD mailbag is where we take your questions. You can call in still. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. But I got a number of emails here. I want to dive into at least a couple of these today and, and answer questions. If you ever have a question... Of course, you can email us, radio at agphd.com. I got this one in uh, from over in south-central Minnesota. Uh, Guys, I got my Malik soil test back, and I was wondering if you could help me with soil test number 10. Uh, Would you have any idea what the true numbers would be? Uh, Something's goofy with this test. Uh, New land to us uh, this last year, so I don't know. Uh, too much about it or how wet it is. I, I don't have drainage maps, but I know there is some old concrete tile in there. I'm just wondering, should I send this one to Neil Kinsey? Okay. Uh, well, thanks for the question. We really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, uh, so soil test number 10 uh, for, for everybody listening. The cation exchange capacity reads 166.2. Uh, on a Malik soil test, every once in a while, you'll see a really wacky cation exchange capacity when you have excess lime and that's exactly what we've going on here so what excess lime is and you'll see it represented uh, as free lime or or excess lime on a lot of soil tests it's a visual rating of free lime that's present so a lot of times in soil that has this excess lime you'll just see literally just chunks of white in the soil that's free lime just floating around well, with all that extra calcium carbonate floating around in there, it can really throw off a soil test. And a Malik analysis, it probably throws off the worst because they're they're just doing one extraction and, and running a bunch of tests on that. So uh, with that test, it's reading 96.7% base saturation calcium, and the calcium parts per million are 32,000. So normally on soil tests, we're seeing calcium in the 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 parts per million. This one's 32,000. And the cation exchange capacity in the rest of the field here is around 20. And here it's 166. So that free lime has really thrown some things off. So a couple of the questions here then in this test from South Central Minnesota are, which numbers can I believe and which numbers are going to be really off? Well, most of the numbers on the soil test are actually still going to be accurate. For example, 
Uh, it says that this test is really low in phosphorus and potassium in that particular area. I would believe that. Those numbers usually don't change. What's going to change um, as you do further testing um, is you're going to see a realistic number for cation exchange capacity and a realistic number for calcium. So Neil Kinsey at Kinsey Ag does a test, and I think as far as I know, he's the only one that's doing this, but he does a test called the cation displacement test. And he's going to run that anytime he sees calcium over 84% on a base saturation and a total exchange capacity above nine. So if he's got a medium to heavy soil and a really excessive amount of calcium, He's just going to run another test uh, to try to take that free lime out and just test what's what's actually real in that soil. So, um, yeah, I, I would expect if you ran that test, I have no idea how to guess those numbers, but you're going to see a lot lower percentage on calcium. It's probably still going to be high, but it's not going to be 97%. And, um, yeah, the, the P&K numbers shouldn't change, but I'm betting you'll see a cation exchange capacity that looks a lot more like your uh, 25 to 30, which is kind of your higher ones. I bet you're going to see something a lot more like that. So anyway, yeah, I would recommend sending that that uh, soil sample into uh, Kinsey Ag and, and have them run the cation displacement test to see what, what could be done. Hey, thanks for the test. We really appreciate uh, a chance to take a look at that, and, and hopefully that helps you too going forward to, to manage that new piece of ground. All right. Um, well, one other thing that's a little bit difficult sometimes to manage is if you have saline or sodic soils, and Jabril sent in uh, some visual pictures here, not a soil test analysis, but just a couple of pictures of a, of a field. He said, hey, guys, need some help with this. It's a heavy clay soil. I'm wondering, uh, can you tell by the pictures, is this sodic soil or is it a saline soil? And what would be the solutions either way uh, if I had one of those two conditions? Okay, first of all, uh, so the pictures, it's a, it's a salty, white-looking um, soil, and there's some cracks in the soil. I do see some broadleaf weeds, and I do see some... Uh, grass uh, type weeds that are growing in there. So there's still vegetation growing in much of it, but it's pretty thin. And that's often what we'll see in either saline or sodic areas. Now, when it gets uh, really bad on the sodic side, where your sodium percentage gets more than 10% or even 20%, 30% sodium, then eventually nothing grows in those areas. So that that's a real concern. And even in the saline area, you're losing productivity. So addressing that on the early side is going to be a big deal. Uh, today we were talking about our Ag PhD winter workshops that are coming up. We're going to address both of those issues at the Ag PhD Soils Clinic coming up in uh, January, on January 16th. So I'd encourage uh, encourage you, Jabril, but but anybody listening as well to, to pre-register for that at agphd.com. Uh, so just looking at, at saline versus sodic, um, obviously you've got a, a pH that's going to be high in either case, uh, but when it's sodic, that pH typically gets 8.5 or even greater. Sodium raises the, the pH a lot faster than what a calcium or magnesium is going to do. So when we look at saline soils, let's just say it's saline, for example. So we've got a pH uh, somewhere in the the eights, probably. 
um, run a soil test, see see how high different things are, like sodium, calcium, sulfur, soluble salts, those kinds of things. We would recommend considering drainage tile in those areas. And without knowing much more than this picture, it looks like it's an area where if you did have rain, water would sit, or at least if water got there, the only way for the water to escape is for it to evaporate. And when it evaporates, it, it leaves the salts up on the soil surface. And it certainly looks like we've got some salty conditions on the soil surface. So drainage tile would be a, a great help in that situation. Even if you say, you know what, I'm in a fairly dry area. I don't get that much rain. When you do get rain, having good internal drainage in the soil will allow that water to move down through the soil. Now, one other thing from a fertilizer or chemistry side that could help you, whether you have saline or sodic soils, is getting your calcium percentage up. So if your soil has low calcium levels, like on a base saturation test, I would say less than 75%. Uh, you could add some more calcium. Calcium is a bigger molecule. It leaves a little bit more pore space. It helps that soil to uh, pull those soil colloids together so it creates that air space in between. That helps improve drainage naturally and allows more airflow through the soil, which is great for microbes as well. So you might end up using some gypsum or, or even possibly some lime, depending on where you're at and, and what your calcium sources that you have available are, to improve soil porosity and just overall speed the removal of any salts that are in the soil. Uh, the other thing is I see there's some vegetation there and it looks like it has been cut. Um, so rather than, than cutting the vegetation off, if you can get something to grow out there and get a good root system underneath it, you could even consider just leaving that residue or as much residue as you could in the field. Leaving more residue out there can help with a lot of things too in terms of um, uh, feeding those microbes, breaking down some of the, the salts that are out in the soil and those types of things and just improving uh, air and organic material in the soil. So that might be something that you take a look at. So that would be some things that I would look at if I had um, soils like that. With, with the sodic soils, you've got a high level of sodium. And the challenge is once you get to... 10% or more sodium, it's really hard to turn that around and it makes that soil so water doesn't even soak in very well. And, and that can be a real challenge too. So yeah, those things that I just mentioned, making sure your calcium percentage is up, improving internal drainage and just getting anything to, to grow out in the field. And sometimes in those areas, not even weeds grow, uh, which you don't have that problem yet. I don't want you to get there. Uh, but in that case, we'll, we'll see farmers go out and just grind up some bales of residue and just mix it into the soil just to get something out there. Um, you could always turn to crops that are a little more tolerant of, and I don't know where you're at exactly and what you could grow in your area, but crops like barley that can tolerate higher levels of, of salt and sodium in the soil might be a good option too, just to switch up what crops you're trying to grow there, just to get something to grow to make some money off that ground. Hey, thanks, Jabril. If you get some soil samples on there, we'd love to look at those too. Thanks for listening to our show today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD.